this is John Cloud Jones. This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. Yo, it's your boy Buddy Hughes. This is Jazz the Kid Chisholm. And you? Logged on to 10th Year Seniors. In the 10th Year Seniors. 10th Year Seniors. You logged in with 10th Year Seniors. Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. Uh, very special episode of 10YS Conversations. I say that every time. But we got the OG in the building. National team legend. I got I got the right to call him that. I think he's done <laughs> enough to earn that. Mr. Raw Talent Sports himself, Keno Burrows in the building. That's all. Appreciate you having me, man. And friend of the program for y'all listening. He's wearing a 10YS shirt because he, he understands Definitely. what it is. From day one. So if y'all if y'all don't know, Raw Talent basically has been like a movement these last few years. And I, I always say to people when I talk about it, it's like y'all put a stamp on Bahamian basketball in terms of giving people international opportunities, but it's not as if you're doing it like ad hoc on your own. It's like you found a place for young prospects to find their way to these new opportunities. Just tell us a little bit about that for the people that don't know. Definitely, man. Um, like I say, thanks again for having me. Um, been so busy, I haven't had a lot of chance to talk, especially about the program, so I'm happy to get a chance. A lot of people uh, have a lot of questions out there, because it's kind of been uh, a new thing, you know, with kids going um, not so much to the U.S., but the countries in Europe. But, um, you know, that just stemmed from when I started doing this a few years ago, a lot of the kids that were in my gym practicing in the summer, um, well, there were, there were most were, were straight for school in the States, like Kai and Sami and those kids. But there were also kids like uh, Nato Bridgewater that, that, that wasn't straight or, or um, Kenny um, that, that was in the States but had problems getting school visas. So I just saw the, um, the, the model they use in Europe where they help kids from uh, African countries and other European countries to go into these uh, what they call formations or academy. It's big in uh, soccer. It's big in um, and also big in all sports in Europe. This is their development model where they basically put you in a training center, and um, then after that they uh, take care of your schooling. And uh, it's all about development. So um, that's how I started mine with um, Nato Bridgewater, and I took him right into the to the junior program. And um, a year and a half later, he was one of the first kids in a. Uh, to turn a uh, professional, um, you know, he's a, he's a hardworking kid. He really took uh, advantage of the, the opportunity in front of him, and he opened the doors for other kids to come, and now we are on a, I think, sixth kid. And I think saying it, saying that he opened the door for other kids is the perfect way to put it because I remember when everyone heard Nada was signing a pro contract because he's one of those guys you know he was it from he was 14 15 it was just a matter of how was he going to get to that next step and a lot of doors were closing and mm -hmm. you know people i'm sure he was wondering what's the next step everyone here was wondering how do we how does he get to the next step but when people saw that he was able to get to europe get to france through your program, it opened a lot of eyes to say, and at this point, I remember because I was having a whole lot of parents come to me asking to write these stories about how their kids were getting denied visas. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. commonplace at that time. It was hardly anybody that could get straight. So Fox. people was wondering, where do we go from here? And when they saw that happen for him, mm -hmm. it was like the light bulb went off for everybody. This is an alternative. It does, you don't have to just strictly think, I need to go to the U.S. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. And it's it's like, that's that's the dream. My generation, we was like maybe the second or third to, to really like a a lot of us really started going to the to the States. Um, and then like, like you, I saw it was easier back then. You go to the embassy with your Grammy and you come back the next day, you pick up your visa and you go to school, man. No, was no, no more. There <laughs> was no interview in a window. And all kind of tricky questions. What? And, you know? that, that interview at the window is one of the most nerve-wracking moments in your life. Wow, I see people <laughs> bust out crying, bro, right there. They're tri- killing your dreams. Yeah. So they was just literally killing dreams for a while, it felt like. And um, I do want to commend Coach Bullard, Gino Bullard, um, who was help- has been helping guys get to Canada for a long yeah. time, which has Absolutely. also before been an alternative... Um, Root because a lot of those guys I know, um, like Azaro, when they've been they've been yeah. denied seven, eight times. Yep. I mean, that's heartbreaking. But still, to have a chance to uh, go abroad and get exposure and get education and, and and do what you love. So commend to all coaches, yeah, helping kids um, better themselves, get exposure, and um, the, the 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 development. Uh, because we know the Bahamas, we have limited resources. It's not a secret. We don't. You go to the states, you see. The 24-hour huge gyms, the fields, the, you know, we don't have the access here. So that's kind of the, the model. You know, you take these kids there and they, they get that and they, they flourish. And that's the, what I like about what your program is, like you said, it's bringing that model that you see. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You bring in a model that you see the rest of the world is doing. Like my son is in baseball academy, mm-hmm. not in traditional school. So mm-hmm. they go to those school, those early hours, and then they on the field basically for the rest of the day. That's kind of how that's how it works there. That's mm-hmm. what everyone is doing around the rest of the world. If you got to keep up, but a few years ago, this wasn't happening for basketball. Oh like, no! Like there was nobody doing that for basketball. No, not 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 on this level. Not um no, because it it takes uh it takes a lot of investment, man. You know, it takes a lot of investment, uh, personal investment, uh, time, financial investment. You know, I don't in a program like this, I put uh, money in this. You know, it's not profitable um especially nothing nothing that i'm doing starting out helping kids you know maybe if kids uh you know make it on the big levels one day then it is it is business but for now um you know helping kids get opportunity and proper development and all that it takes resource it take tickets it take hotel it take it take a lot to get um so so that's that's that and even you know even sometimes parents just you know even just that simple fact of going to the u.s that the parents don't uh, have the resources to do it. Sometimes that help that that helps with the. So Europe has been a um, a vessel that I don't really need much money from the parents. If the child is accepted in the academy, everything is uh, basically covered: food, education, boarding. So it's been a blessing on a lot of the parents um, in my program. And um, I think as as the kids continue to do well, it, it it's gonna uh, we're gonna continue to. Um, get more opportunities and open more doors. And not only in Europe, you see they have the NBA Academy in Mexico. They have, uh, I mean, the schools, they have this overtime, they have the things in Europe. Basketball is now global. And the whole world is, um, you know, catching up to the U.S. And uh, I'm definitely, the U.S. is still the biggest, most talented powerhouse, no question. But the world is um, investing you know. Um, And, and, you know, I want to be one of the people that continues to help uh, the Bahamas achieve its goals. And, and that's one of my goals, to see us on the Olympic stage one day. And I do whatever I can for young uh, Bahamian and Caribbean athletes um, to, 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 to achieve their dreams. 
Now, how did you find your way into this avenue? Because you've been playing for years, made a career all over the globe playing basketball. So when did you make that decision? I'm going to reach back and help a lot of these young kids that may not have grown up and had the means that you had to get to the spots where you were. Mm-hmm. But how, what, at what point in your career did you say, I'm going to have to make a business decision to step off the court and do some other things? It, it actually, you know, just came with maturing, man. Um, at first, I, and, and also as I, as I came up in the game, per se, I got the better leagues, I made more money. Um, early on, it was rough for me. You know, I started paying over for $500 a month, you know, eventually, you know, earning my way in the, uh, some good figures. So as I, as I matured, I, I, got, I was always interested in coming home and, and helping the youth because in my travels around the world, I had what I would call angels or big brothers, you know, somebody, you know, that would pick me up and, and show me something, you know, how to be a professional, how to work, how to... You don't just learn that on your own. You don't learn that from people that aren't in that realm, you know. Um, so the, the 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 model of coming back started from what I picked up everywhere else. Like, man, these people, they really, you know, I'm a visitor here. And they coming back and they showing me that love and teaching me how to be a pro and how to how to give back, you know, and watch that cycle continue. So that's, that's just what I want to do, man. Come home, you know, and bring that same energy that same culture you know the the open gyms the 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 workouts my my gym you know always been open for any of the top kids coming back from high school or or in the bahamas you know i want them in the in the in the gym with the college guys also in the gym with the pro guys you know we get uh you know when deandre comes we do invite only um um open gyms where a lot of the, the 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 young prospects get a chance to play with deandre and you know buddy doing his thing coming back now touching um kids and you know we just want to see that uh you know even even you see how many young grassroots programs on the island now man i love it i support all um because at the end of the day we in the same thing man and that's just building a better product for the bahamas so um, the, but the model is, uh, it ain't no secret, man. The rest of the world, they invest in their kids. They do it themselves. They identify and they, um, they school them and keep them together. And, 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 you know, they invest in them. And we definitely ain't on that level yet as a, as a, as a, as a country. Not even close. <laughs> but Not you see close. programs like the baseball yeah. that their model is what, you know, commend those guys because of the success as you see with kids like like jazz. I mean, you, see, yeah. you know, like there's, that's just the talent that we have here that shows when you put a little bit of investment, you give kids the opportunity to flourish and grow. They, um, you know, they go out here in the world and do great things, man. So uh, it ain't no secret. You got jazz and, and you got Kai and Buddy and Dre and you got a lot more coming because the secret is out that, you know. Um, Bahamian and, and Caribbean kids are special. So how do you identify kids to become a part of the program? Like, how, how does that happen? How does it go from, okay, let's say you come back home and you're just watching an open run. Like, what do you see in a kid that makes you say he can be a part of raw talent or I should reach out to him? Well, a lot of that is done throughout the year. You know, I'm, uh, I'm big in the basketball world home. You know, I give back to a lot of the local programs. So I have a good... Um, touch of, of what's going on player wise even uh with a lot of the local coaches so um i look at a lot of kids in the summer um even as i go by the different leagues um word them out whatever you might say hey come check my son out a lot of times i you know i do um 
I don't make decisions on where kids go. I offer, you know, the opportunities. Um, I offer the profiles to my connections abroad, regardless in the States, if I'm trying to help a kid get to America or in uh, Europe, if I'm trying to help a kid get to Europe, I, um, I start with video or I take the video myself during live workouts. And it's like putting a puzzle together. You know, a lot of things got to align, you know. Um, I, make, I make sure the kid uh, have a good uh, character. You know, I make sure he's the kind of kid that wants to go to school and um, is interested in, in, uh, in, in not only basketball, but is ready to embrace this uh, cultural journey. Yeah, because you know? so, it's so much more than just on the court. That's a whole new life. Uh, man, they are leaving home for the first time somewhere. Where they don't speak the language with, 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 with boys. They know. So, of course, it's, um, it's a lot of uh, good energy going into it, but it's a struggle at times. And it's all about the support system, and that's been key in the program. You know, I've been there for all my boys, um, along with the parents, um, and... and you know, we've had a lot of success um, just as a group, as a good, uh, as a family. So, like, everyone knows, I feel like, like we talked about, Nato's been the poster child for this. Like, mm-hmm. he's been, mm-hmm. because he was the first one. But who is in the camp now? Like, who would you say you have on the roster? And what moves do we have happening right now? Oh, man. Um, it's exciting, man, because now um, we have Damari Davis. Who was now uh, 16 years old? He's he's six foot ten, and I mean um, he's getting calls worldwide right now. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to visit at overtime. Um, you know, and I had the opportunity to visit at a lot of a lot of interesting places in the states. Um, um, and he's been in Europe in my program for two years. So to to have these type of of opportunities, it's just been a testament. You know, the kid uh, has only been playing basketball for two years. I remember when you first told me about him. First of all, to, just to hear that he grew to six ten—that's crazy enough. But mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. looked as if he—he he looked like he didn't belong on the basketball court when you first got your hands on him. Yeah, he was goofy. Like that's how—that's <laughs> how serious it was. And to see, like, I watched the clips that you put up, and to see where he's at now, night and day. Yeah, night yeah. and day. So you could see, like, that's an example of—you could take that unintended raw talent and then turn it into what it is now that definitely it's all about development that's what it's that's what it's all about i mean uh making sure that the kids get everything they need to flourish it takes a lot yeah you know it takes um physical training it takes skill training it takes you know these kids around the world are getting the best so in order to keep up with, 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 with kids or, or, or other or your kids, you know, you have to invest. You got to pay for training sometimes. You got to, you know, it's an investment. So, um, you know, it starts with, 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 with giving back first. That's what I always say because somebody have to put the funds up to help these kids get opportunities. Somebody have to train these kids. So that's where a program like that, you know, has, has, has been a, a blessing. Because I've been doing that to um, to give these kids the opportunity, man, and really mentor them and show them, hey, um, and to be an inspiration. Because not only are they blessed to be able to have the opportunity in the program, but they get to show kids, uh, listen, you ain't got to do this foolishness you're doing. You could play your ball, you know, people watching you, you know, um, people out here when, when take you overseas, when take you to the States and give you a chance, bro, so... Try the right way, you know, try and do right and, and, and you know, pray about it. And, and when your opportunity comes, train hard so you're ready. So we got 
Demario right now, mm-hmm. he's the one that all all the lights are on him. All mm-hmm. the, he's he's basically up next. Yeah. Who, who else yeah. do we have? And now this this year we're taking uh Whitfield Ching um, in collaboration with um, Coach uh, Gino Bullet at um, Noble Repertory Academy. This this boy is. Um, I saw him play. He was playing on my friend Abel's team this summer, I think, at a tournament at uh, Anatol. And uh, I went and watched him play. And I, he was, uh, I mean, you know, he, he showed all the signs. The kid just grew maybe four or five inches in the last year. Um, is an excellent track athlete. He, um, and, a, and a high flyer. You know what I mean? He, he, he has, he, he's a gifted kid. And so... Um, when I showed uh, my contacts exactly, um, you know, that this is, I, I, I knew that this is the profile that they, they like to work with. So, you know, we're excited to get him started this year. Um, he'll be going to Fossumere, France, in the Fos Province Basket. That's an academy, the Beers Academy. That's an academy under the uh, Fos team that I, I played in France and won two championships with. So I have a good relationship there. Uh, most of my players started in this academy, and it's 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 um it's a good start because they have the access to everything, um, and I know they're well taken care of. So he'll be there um, starting um, in high school, also also in French classes, and uh, you know full um, full development and uh, for sure a meal plan uh, and room and board. So. Uh, we're excited about him. Uh, I think he'll be another big uh, talent coming out of Nassau in the next uh, future. So uh, look out. And um, at the meantime, we always are uh, looking to add fresh talent. Um, always, you know, uh, listening uh, to the names coming up and going um, in various places to watch kids anywhere. You know, I pull up anywhere. You know, I sometimes I, I might find kids just going to the to the corner and asking shorty, you know, hey, yeah. hey who the best is around here? And really go out on the park and see some talent. You right. know what I mean? So that's where that's where it is a lot of the time. It's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere around here. Anywhere you go in any park. Uh, and I ain't even talk about trying to find resources in the future to get out to the islands and find um, more more gifted um, uh, kids. So so this this is just the start, man. I'm actually still playing professional ball. So I'm not even full. You know, haven't been home full time to really do the things I want to do. Um, but um, you know, I've been blessed, man, and and this is just a testament of uh, coming home and and trying to inspire. I like what you said about it's in collaboration with you and Gino because, like you mentioned earlier, he's been doing this at Noble Prep, getting mm-hmm. kids to Canada, getting kids to Niagara, and there's a long list of kids that he's given or found those opportunities, also alternative opportunities, and he uh, helped them through that because. The culture here, a lot of times with coaches and players, they may not be as willing to say, they hold on to guys like the players belong <laughs> to them. So they Definitely. may not be as willing to say, hey, go to this program and you go star and make your future with someone else. A lot of coaches yet are not like that. Have you run into that kind of roadblock? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen it all. <laughs> I, I've been hung up on, I, you know, I've been bod mode, you know what I mean? I I don't really keep up with that, man. If I if I have an opportunity for a child and it's in his best interest, I sit down with the parents, man, you know, and I I give them me. You know, I'm out here, I'm not out here selling no dreams. I I'm out here. I I I honestly just come into your home and I, I give you the you know, basically the 
my project or what I've been doing and, and what I intend to do for your child. Um, I don't ask for no money. So, you know, it's all about um, if, if this opportunity is the right opportunity for him. And I don't really care about the noise, man. What's, you know, I, I, I understand it because I'm from here and I know it's a big deal and the best team and Hugh Campbell and all that. You know, I, but what's best for the kids is in, in the best interest of everyone. So I can continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, you have to because there's a difference between, and I think this may be across the board in all sports, right? But there's a difference between developing hair and accolades here and if you have your eyes on something else. And I feel like being from such a small place, we got to have like a single-minded focus to be able to identify, hey, this is a kid who has potential for something bigger than this. There's nothing wrong with this here and excelling at this here, but... Right. For the ones that have potential at something else, we got to have a cohesive relationship, I think, between coaches for everybody to help work in the best interest of these kids. Yeah, we, I mean, for sure, because there's levels, you know, there's there's kids that, you know, should be here a little bit later developing. There's kids that aren't ready, but if a kid is ready, regardless of his age, you know, he should be able to go and chase um, his dream um, abroad because you shouldn't hold him from that. Especially for your own uh, selfish, I wouldn't even say gain, just for you know clout, because there ain't no money involved. So, um, if, if if a big opportunity comes for that young man, it can change his life, man. You definitely have to let him take it, you know. And the thing is, I think because of COVID, so many of these young kids in that I would say like fourteen to sixteen range have kind of been lost in the system because they really ain't played for we, about two years. We haven't played years. high school ball for three years. Yeah, so think about think about that. If you were in grade 12 now, what, you were in grade 9 the last time you played? Maybe yeah. grade 8 or 9 the last time you played? So I wouldn't even, We wouldn't even know what's out here right now. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's a whole lot of kids just just there. Yeah, and, and like I say, that's why some, I, I give a shot. I don't get involved in the politics. Like I say, I support everyone, um, regardless of their way of helping kids. Um, and that's what's been, I feel carrying, you know, little, you know what we have right now is guys taking the, their little grassroots programs, you know, and... And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's been key because we really haven't had access to no indoor gyms. That's another thing. And so, so I salute everyone, man, who, even who, who charging, who picking up kids on the weekend, you know, it all it is needed here. Yeah. So continue doing what you're doing, man. And I, I support you. So let's talk, like you mentioned, you still playing right now mm -hmm. and we have, to, we have to get into this because I remember I wanted to talk about national team stuff. Mm -hmm. A year or two ago, we had the story, you retire from national team play. Yeah, man. I pop up, I see the roster. Kino Burroughs is on the roster. Yeah, man. So you back now? Yeah, well, you know, you go through things in life, you know. Uh, at that point in time, man, I was really going through a lot uh, with my body. Um, surgeries, uh, I had a back injury, Miss, I missed the season, you know, my career really wasn't where I wanted it to be, and they had changed the national team format, we wasn't playing in the summer no more, no. if you remember, we right. was leaving, yeah. literally you would leave, you would play a game somewhere in, in Europe and leave and fly to uh, somewhere up Spanish country and play or stay there two weeks, just enough for your sleep to get adjusted 
And then literally right after that tournament, you would fly back to Europe, somewhere yeah. crazy. You sleep already messed up. And you write back uh, in games, you know. So as I got older, I really started to feel that they changed that model. So at that time, I mean, all, you know, I just felt the need to take a step back. Um, I didn't know what that step back was at the time. So as I told the team, um, I think that's it for me. You know, it kind of just came off as a retirement. But, you know, I always, um, I've been blessed. Uh, I keep thinking everybody since I was like 34 years old asks me how long I want to play. It's been like one year, one more year, one more year, one more year. And I look up now and I, I get another five years out of my body making money. So, um, and I think different now, man. I count my blessings. I watch, uh, you know, I'm not for myself. I'm for the kids. So why not um, bring what I can, regardless uh, experience, um, leadership, um, you know, and wh- whatever the country needs. Um, and that's what this has been about, you know. Where do you think our program is right now? I think that we are in the right direction. Um, I still don't think we have enough. Um, we're getting our best players now, but we're not getting the... We don't get the collective time, I think, we need yet. We're still meeting uh, you know, with limited time before the games, and we're not yet at that level where we're doing year-round camps like other teams and really building something... Uh, you know, throughout the year. So I think the program, I think it's in the right direction, no question. I, I've seen it come from very far. Yeah. Trust me, <laughs> five, six guys in a room. Yeah. So don't, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't go, but that was a long time. But I mean, so now, I mean, we we, we, we treat it professionally and um, um, the young, I spent a lot of young energy in the program. Um, Coach Poleg um, and, 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 and Eugene, uh, Ms. Harden, Mr. Ms. Moses, They've been, uh, they've been, um, you know, in the trenches, you know, fighting, fighting for the program. I could tell you that, because that atmosphere that was at Kendall Isaac's in the Venezuela game, and I was sitting there, and as I was writing, I was talking to John. I was saying, when was the last time we felt Bahamas basketball had this kind of buzz? And the only thing I could think about is the game when you guys beat Mexico. Yeah, that was that was yeah. it. Yeah, it was one more. I could tell you. I think one more where the gym was off Jamaica, two thousand and eleven. Yes, when we 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 that was to beat the that was the semifinal game to go to U.S. We lost the next night, won the silver. Yeah, but that was standing room fights yeah, in the crowd. I, that 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 people still is talking to me about that game. I I remember I remember that one. That yeah. was at a different time in my life. So right before I was going out, <laughs> we went to that game. That was a. That was a good night. Yeah, yeah. I got to thank you all for that night. Right, 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 right. (laughs) But yeah, the program is headed in the right direction. I like the I like where we have the young talent. Like you said, there's there's pretty much a youth movement. I think, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. people people are there watching. You got to give a lot of these young guys some time. I know you may not know the names now. Give them time to develop, right? For sure, for sure. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's just, they like they like seeds you plant, you know. Once you find them, you know, it's like even started with DeAndre. I saw it, I've seen it with starting from DeAndre. This 12-year-old was there at camp. Um, everybody was like, wow, you know, 6'6", six, 12-year-old. Six, and then he goes off two years later, comes back, and was the number one player ever since. So that little two years, uh, 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 whatever he went through, you know what I mean, was was key right there at that age. And people would not believe what 
Kai Jones looked like a couple of years ago before he left here? Well, I, I've seen the videos like early, <laughs> early on with Q and uh, I think Bowles. And then um, by the time I got him, he was right. That summer right before Brewster, I had a big summer. His dad was bringing him every day. Um, and he was starting to get it. But still raw, man. Yeah. Still raw. So... That's, and that's what we are. I, I went through it. You know, I was one of those that, that you know, left late. Well, I left at 15, but developed late until late, you know, and nobody really expected much. And I just kept working hard, stayed with it and didn't quit, you know, and, and, and built a career. And um, so that's 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 what the, the, the program, raw talent, is what we are, man. Yeah. That's all we have here, you know. We uh, look, look at what we do in, in the world, in the Olympics, bro. We own a race. 400,000 people. You know what I mean? We own the 400. Like, like you got millions and millions and, and 100 million people. In these, and we doing that with, I mean, I'm sure we have great track coaches and everything, but we don't for sure have the best of the best. No. We don't, it, because we're not, we're not one of those countries that invest in sports as big business. So we're what's not. out there? You yeah. know, you've seen now the success through track. You're seeing it in baseball. You're seeing it in... In uh, basketball, what what I see it in in Europe is soccer, bro. I mean, I see these kids turn 16 and 17 in Marseille and Paris and get these big cars. I see these 12-year-olds transfer for millions of dollars. 12-year-olds. What are we really even talking about here? A 12-year-old goes somewhere for $8 million. How could you even tell? I don't know. I, you know I'm not a soccer guy. But at 12, how could you tell that he's going to be the next? Yo, when I heard that. Messi was in, uh, he was in a program and they started giving him growth hormone because they needed him to be bigger just because they saw the talent Yeah, at a young age, at 12. It's serious. Then you, then you know what it's like over there. So that should tell you how that's big business. And if they given them those kind of deals at 12, when do you think they identify in them? I mean, exactly. even earlier. So they exactly. identifying them and maybe eight, nine years old. It's, it's, it's incredible. The soccer, that's what I really, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole different business. I would like to see one day, uh, I became a fan of soccer, um, especially living in Marseille, OM, all day over Paris. You know, I, you know, I, I fight that battle. I like, so I grew to like soccer. Um, and I would like to also see some kids in some of those academies one day, PSG or Lyon or, you know, and um, if there's anything I ever get that uh, puzzle together to help a kid in any sport to get opportunities, just basketball is what I know. Yeah, that's all my I've done my whole life, so I know the development, I know the scouting, the exposure, even the business. Last 14 years that I hope to even uh, move into with some of my boys at some point, you know, um, and to say, hey, we do the full everything through the program, um, you know, but. Um, I'm just going to keep building, man. I, I don't know where this is uh, headed right now. I just know that, that the boys are, are doing well. Um, uh, we, go, we keep achieving, and, and that's, that's how I know, with hard work, um, and we're going to keep achieving. Who's on your team with you? I know I've seen times when Q has been with you in Europe, and shout out to Q because he's done a lot of grass definitely, roots work definitely. here before, before he moved. He's been doing a whole lot of skills Touching training. a lot of kids. I know I've seen him work with you at times. Mm -hmm. I know Jeffrey's been working with you, uh, mm -hmm. Henfield. Who's on the Raw Talent team? Yeah, man. I mean, definitely um, Q. 
Q Q actually took a really nice coaching job in Chicago, man. Yeah. So Q is Q is doing this thing in the states right now. I already has coaching kids there too. You know, so so Q always gonna be a part. See, I support my guys. They raw talent always, but I also encourage their brand. Also, Q gifted elites. I and and, and Jeffrey um, prolific. You know, I'm not the kind of guy like everything raw talent. You know, so so if 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 any connection, me and me and Q have a great relationship, and if anything we can connect on, it's like that. Uh, we're not so much on the day to day right now because of his uh, yeah his duties in the states. Um, Jeffrey Henfield is um, of course head of all um, skills and development. Um, he just did a stint in France uh, with me. Um, and it's basically been me and him, man. And and he's been he's been you know my main guy. He he CI Gibson to uh, New Mexico Lobos and uh, various professional national team and countries in the states. So it take a lot of giving back. Like I say, we ain't making no money. So so um, you know to to help these kids is is personal investment. So big shout out to to him. And other than that, man, I kind of you know other guys that you know the, the program is basically mostly in the summer. Because the kids are at their requirements um, throughout the year. Their academies yeah. or schools. So in the summer, I got a, a, a good relationship with a lot of guys uh, from Furley, uh, Bain, to Dashton Baker, to Abel Joseph. A lot of the old school uh, guys I grew up with, they are coming in the gyms and showing the kids love. And that's a part of the culture. You know, we want the young kids to get it directly for guys that been off and guys that play in this way and that way and pro and bring all that experience um, into their development. So take us through what a day in raw talent looks like when you're all here for the summer. From sun up, we'll be doing until the last part of the day. Yeah. What's the day look like? Yeah. Well, it's, it's for sure it's different because, uh, like you said, at one point we were in the Summer Thunder tournament or, or stuff like that. But th- normally we try to go two or three times a day. Uh, we on the beach. I started to get the beach. Uh, they on the beach with Coach Jeffrey at 6.30. After that, um, we probably get, depending on gym time, we got a skills workout. It's normally a sign workout, a skills workout, and um, then it's a performance workout. Uh, weightlifting or kettlebells or, or whatever else. But we, we go in minimum two or three times a day, uh, four or five days a week, and depending if we have open gyms too. I'm glad you mentioned Summer Thunder. That's where I wanted to go next. You got a chance to do some coaching. Oh yeah, <laughs> so so player and scout Kino turned into coach Kino, and y'all actually started somewhere Thunder with a big dub. I I, I don't really know what I want to do yet, man. I you know like I said, the program is giving me the opportunity to really test every avenue. I am scout, I'm agent, I'm manager, I'm coach, I'm perfor- I even I'm masseuse. I massage and treat my boy's injuries. I can't pay for all that. So he, <laughs> right. If he pull the armstring, that's me rubbing that's that down. You. Yeah, man, I got to get them ready to play. So, so again, that, that win, bro, that was just a testament, man, because I actually came home, ran a three, um, a, I would say maybe even one month training camp for that. I had 20 kids in and out the gym every wow. day. Uh, my boys, all my boys that I've placed overseas, uh, a lot of the boys from from this, that trained with us in previous summers, I maybe had three or four JUCO guys, you know. Um, along with I take a couple of the kids, 
um, that's 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 been home, you know, um, that are still good enough, I think, to showcase themselves and get an opportunity. So the program is 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 um, it's been about opportunity and to go out there and to really, you know, I've beat Division One teams as a player and I've been a pro, so I don't really, you know, they to me they yeah, kids, so. Yeah. Yeah, I always enjoy the big ones, you know, Kentuckys and stuff like that, because I never get a chance to do that. But to go out there and coach up against a Division One coach um, and get a win for the program in that manner was special. Yeah, You know what I mean? That's a program where that guy makes a living doing that. And I just out here... These blue chip five star. Yeah, prospects. he got he got division one best of the best of the US. Yeah. You know, I got my few boys who I sent off, a couple of kids who in JUCO that may never get a chance to play D one. That's their dream. So to get a win, you know, um really let uh everybody know uh, the program is here the the first night. And those if you think those wins don't matter, they do because I distinctly remember it was DeAndre Leading Providence Storm to a win yep. over North Carolina that put a lot of people on notice. That blew but him up. When he was in high school, absolutely killed North Carolina. That's a powerhouse. And a lot of people were paying attention to this small little tournament in the Bahamas. So these wins matter. They could put you on a map. They do get you notice. It, definitely, bro. That, that, and let me stop that moment right there. And that's a testament to, the, to you know this tournament, too. That's why I still got a program in it, kids, because I saw... I was in that game playing yep. for the Providence Storm um, with Coach Johnson and DeAndre. And I think he was 16 or 17, bro. And he had maybe yeah, like 18 and 16 10th rebounds. 10th grade at the time, getting yeah. double-doubles And in. I mean, it just took off after that. And that front line for North Carolina was something serious. I think they was ranked number top five. Yeah. Yeah, they was ranked, bro. So, you know, we I mean, we shocked the world. I could still remember Roy Williams. Just <laughs> my, my wide open, like, bro, what the, the hell just happened? The, the Urban Renewal Bond beating the drum on them out the gym. But yeah, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I think that was one of the, that was easily one of the best Summer Thunder moments ever. Yeah, yeah, the greatest, the greatest. Because yeah. it was DeAndre too's coming party. That's we true. all knew he was great. You yeah. know, we all knew. But when they really go out there and, and show it, it's special. You know, so he he came running into the gym late, uh, shoes in his hand and everything. <laughs> this tenth grader just walking on the court and owning North Carolina's front line. Johnson Ramon, where you been? Bite, where you been? <laughs> Craziest so, story. Yo, yeah, man. So, I, I glad to be a part of that. So the business, the business side of things, like mm-hmm. like you mentioned, you're still playing. So in addition to all of this, you got to keep, you got to upkeep with your body, you got to still be doing what you have to do on the court. But what's been the most difficult aspect of the business side of basketball? Um, just learning and making decisions, man. You know, when you're a player, you just get up and do your job, bro. I wake up, I stretch, I go practice, I go home, I chill. You know what I mean? It's a it's a life. It's a chilling life. You're just resting and, and doing your job. Now I make decisions for others based upon, you know, what I think or, or you know, what's best for the kids. So it's a lot of pressure with that, you know, to take somebody's child and, and to really be responsible enough and to feel that you, you know, you are going to treat that child like your own. So I deal with a lot, man. I deal with the teams now. I deal with the kids' coaches when they're not playing good, when they're not going to school, when they ain't. I deal with all that. And then also I'm the relay to the parents who want to know this, that, the next, what's going on. So it's, um, it requires a lot of patience. 
um, one thing I notice is it's is always better to be um, do everything above board and keep everything, um, you know, uh, on the same page. Um, and I, you learn, I learned a lot from my first, you know, I learned through the experience with Nato, you know, at first it was tough because we didn't really have a plan. You know, I was just trying my best to get him in school and flying him back and forth and making it work. And then they was like, ah, oh, we don't know if we want to keep him cause he little, you know, they want big tall guys. And I like, well, listen, this boy is the best player in the Caribbean just let him give him a chance, and then all of a sudden they see him killing. Was like, oh, oh. He, he went there and he was putting up numbers right at the gate. At the gate, and then they was like, oh, oh, he's killing. So yeah, let's let's put him on the pro team. So you know, it just that's just how it happens. So um, it's a lo- it's a roller coaster. You know, it's not always the the good, the big storylines, and the man. I deal with a lot. You know, sometimes I got three kids living in my house, you know, uh, all using my bathroom and my shower and my eating out my fridge. So, you know, I, I'm, I feel like, but I feel like I'm, uh, I'm the man for the job because I actually like, you know, this doing this. I like, uh, I would almost say adopting these kids. Like you have to do in a program like ours because so much goes out emotionally that, you know, I don't need, you know, um, but I would prefer to do it. It's simply the other day when I took the minivan, I took a couple of the boys and went to the States and and took them on exposure. We just went to gyms that was ready to see us. And it's, why do I do it? Because guys like Johnson them did it for us. You know, you pack up, you go in a van, you go to Orlando and you and you you, you let you get you try to get opportunities. So, you know, this this ain't no secret, man. We we just everybody doing their best to help kids. And, you know, the, the, the taking on the stress is a part of it, but it's the part I'm willing to do. And and um, uh, I hope uh, what I don't see in money, I hope one day I just continue to get blessed in however way. Now, I ain't trying to make you hang it up early, but by what you were saying just now, that sounds like you're ready to go full time. That sounds like a man who ready to go I still home. I still home. I, I, this is the first year I ever been home for my birthdays, September 4th. I, it's the first time I ever watched football. You know? I mean, it just, bro, going away for 10 months um, and really coming home for them quick little two, uh, two, two months, you know, not being, you know, it's been a blessing. But at the same time, I miss a lot. Uh, with the family, the kids, you know? So I just, at that point now... At 37, I'm still healthy, you know, I've been blessed. Like I say, I had big injuries, so I, I'm still healthy and that's, and um, I just made a decision this year to really take it slow, go get all the boys situated, um, um, you know, and then maybe uh, put myself on the market a little bit later if a team needs. Um, I, I've had some opportunities that I haven't taken. Just, just you, had on a the very, you had a very good season this yeah, year. Yeah, I played well. So the opportunities have been there. I just mentally, uh, you know, after the two years of COVID, being on lockdown over there, I really, I'm just enjoying. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm just enjoying taking it a little bit slow this year. Um, but but my I've been in close contact with my agent, and he knows that uh, I want to play maybe closer to end of November, December, if the right situation comes. So let's look ahead to let's say you make the decision. All right, I have to go full time into raw talent. I I can no longer do it on the court. I'm going to go full on into the business aspect of it. I'm looking towards being an agent. I'm looking towards really facilitating my program. Is that 
grassroots level going to be set up and developed here or are you trying to have it based in US or in Europe or what are we looking like for the future of raw talent? Man, that's a very, very good question because, um, I mean, I definitely want to have something Nassau-based. No questions. Um, regardless if it's a school or an academy or just after school, something, something. I'm not home full-time yet, so exactly what that is and how I do that from a business or strategic standpoint, I'll know more better. i just been kind of testing things um, so far. But I definitely want to base home. And um, after that, man, I mean, I'll definitely have to have something in the States. And, and I want to be able to and have something in Europe. Because it's, it's the lifestyle, you know, in, in, with helping and managing um, kids and players and stuff. You know, you, you on the go. So um, the, my contacts worldwide, my players will be worldwide. And you see the life, that's, that's the life that comes with it. And that's what I'm hoping to build. Um, and it's exciting because you see, uh, just if, for instance, this morning I got the phone call at 5 a.m. Uh, we just got back from America, from the States yesterday, doing some uh, G League exposure stuff with Nato. And all of a sudden, he got to fly out this weekend. Somebody got hurt on a team in France, and he his, he got the call to, to, to go. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. And um, I don't know. I don't know what's next. Um, we just gonna. It's, what's 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 key is what's gonna be there is development. And if I can provide that in Nassau, I want to make make sure that I am able to do that here with the gym, with my facility, or, or whatever. And if I if, and until I'm able to do that, I'm gonna continue to seek uh, opportunities abroad where these kids already have it in the states and Europe. In terms of our grassroots development here, because like you said a couple of times, that's necessary. What is it that we need? Because I always feel like we're missing something. Is it just facilities? Is it is it networking with uh, of coaches, or is it is it a concentration on skill development? What are we missing? Oh, you, you said got, I mean you got all you, the time you, in the world to answer that. You you <laughs> you 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 hit a little bit on everything, man. Um, in my opinion, looking at just the history of basketball, we're so far behind. The thing is, the Bahamas plays basketball. Bahamians really like basketball. We're good at basketball. But why do Bahamians have to go to the Dominican Republic to make money or to Venezuela? These countries we see on the news don't have tissue and thing. But fellas going there, like myself, like like a couple of other Bahamian guys just came back, and they making eight, nine, ten thousand dollars a month in these countries. So the basketball, so the country might not be stable and good, but they are able to have a professional basketball league that is able to pay their local players and and bring in uh, high level professional players and coaches. So Puerto Rico's had a pro league for a hundred years. We still don't have a semi-pro nothing. We don't. We can't make money at home. So we're just behind. Um, and um, I honestly, that's one of the toughest questions because for me, we just have to continue, you know, training and, and I mean, progressing things at, at train speed in the right direction. You know, we got to be able to find... Um, a way to get our sports business in the Bahamas, man. Guys should be getting paid for professional opportunities at home. 
you know um and it's, it's possible we have there's money here there's there's a lot of corporate a lot of different things that we could we just need that structure and that vision you know i think a little bit we missed the vision on um on on on, on things like that and that's just my personal opinion from the, the the history on things i've seen um and read about other countries you know um but but I think our time is coming, man. I believe, like I said, I'm gonna keep doing my part and working with those that wanna 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 uh, help me, and um, hopefully, you know, we we all just get on board, man, and, and push the Bahamas. I always say that our biggest problem here with sports is culturally. I don't think we really see the significance of it. Like mm-hmm. we we celebrate it. I mean, it's easy to celebrate when somebody oh, gets to the top definitely. level. That's I mean, Junkanoo. You can have a Junkanoo rush out. I mean, I see even the Heat getting a Junkanoo rush out. But that's yeah, a story. We for love that. Day. We lo- yeah, yeah, we, we love, love. We love to we love, do that, right? Yeah, yeah. But we don't see the significance of it as big business. Like we don't understand how it changes lives. How it could change generations basically like you mentioned these countries some of them war torn some of them we always brag about having this gdp of being the you know we're up there in the caribbean but we don't fund these programs the way these other countries do like kids from here i mean because i know what's going on in the baseball world kids from here go to play baseball in the dr with these dudes who basically have nothing at home but the development's better the development is way better and the funding is way better. The track athletes going to Jamaica. We do, we don't fund because culturally we see sports as something recreational. Yeah. We don't see it as people legitimately making a life out of this. We don't see the business the business opportunities outside of just playing because look at the space that you getting into now. And I always tell kids like y'all can look at the people y'all posting on y'all wall, but there's somebody paying them. Well, let me let me let me stop you right there because I can let you know it is not a secret that youth sports now. If you look at basketball with this NIL, it is almost kids free agency. Yeah, kids are making a millions of dollars. The the guy from Kentucky, uh, Chum, was here. He did. I think they said a half million dollars in NIL over the trip and he's supposed to get 2.5 million dollars this year now that's with getting his education what everybody wants and he may never play in the nba and as someone who's been to kentucky and see what the cars look like outside the dorm where the basketball players oh, play yeah. has been going on yeah, yeah but we it's all we know we see in blue <laughs> chip we see in blue chip we know what it is so so but now for it to be above board and to be you know it's free agency guys are transferring schools to get bigger nil deals Kids are going at 16 to the overtime. It's all about the biggest deal just for you to develop, you know? So um, it's big business in itself because you get an education, but at the same time, yeah, with the education and, you know, all that for you, that degree, you might get a half million dollar NIL deal. I mean, let's, let's, let's be real about it, right? We go to college because college is supposed to be the thing to prepare you for what you want to do in life. If you already know what you want to do in life and people are giving you that money at 16 years old, and this is the thing, we look at it like people kind of look at it sideways when it comes to basketball and stuff like that, right? But what you mentioned soccer players, they've been doing that. Tennis players been turning pro at 15. We don't see it here. We know the old way, go to school, get your diploma, come get a job. We don't preach, you know. It's not everybody. And a a lot of the parents are, you know, that's what they... 
a lot of the trouble is um, I hear about the Europe, and that's all. It's just not the norm. That's all, you know. It ain't going to the states and game find a school, and it's a little. It's it's different. It's a different model, you know. Um, you going into more of a pro uh, setup once you go to Europe, regardless of any sport. You know that's how they treat it. You don't play high school sports. Yeah. You play club sports. There's no high school. There's no college. No, you play under a pro team. Yeah. So, so, and I've seen that been uh, very beneficial, like I say, to be able to carry a kid for two years that just started playing and then to come back home uh, in the summer and go in the U.S. And, and just be invited to everywhere. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, it shows the testament of development they have in France. If you look next year, the number one draft pick is French, bro. Oh, Wabanyama. Everybody um, tanking and, for and that And let me, let me tell you something. When I'm in France, I mean, I'm playing these kids from Killian Hayes to Theo Madelone to uh, Suka Dumbaya to Victor Wambaya. Me, my boys, we play them all. That exposure is there. Um and also that development is there, you know. The French uh, are coming in the world, you know. You see with this team, they won't play get Embiid now. Oh. Would go, so you know they they trying to compete with the U.S. Um, and it's, it's 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 interesting because I get firsthand to see their model, yeah, of the way that they invest in sports and invest in their development. Do you think that's a way that we should go and adopt in that model? Because I know we're very Americanized and we, we only know the way that we've been seeing things done. But what about, like, well, I guess for that to work, we would actually have to have the semi-pro leagues first, right? But let's say in a perfect world, somehow NPBA becomes semi-pro. Mm -hmm. So would it have to be a situation where you got, like, you got the... Come well by giants there, and then you got their club team like yeah. the same. The same, same thing. That'll be model. the model. The pro we have clubs. We have clubs. They're clubs. I think you take you take night league. You get better structure investment. Investment. Uh, you used to get somebody to pour into it, and basically you start off paying local players weekly, um, and then you find a way to bring in one or two professional players. You allow two professional players, and you know it'd be like any other. Um, country you play in the best teams have the better local players so the best team here whoever have the most money would buy whoever the national team players are to stay home and then they would bring in two really big uh you know professional former nba players or something so that's what puerto rico's doing yeah guys guys are going to follow the money guys wherever it is in the world make a hundred and twenty thousand dollars at home my puerto rican friends bro they stay home and get you know cars and they they live that life at home wow you know, we not that blessed. We got to go there to make money. Out of so so I see it. Um, and I don't just think that the pro, that's on one side. On another side, if you look at what um, I see in the States with USA Basketball or with the Federation in French and even some of the other countries I played in, they identify their top players early. They don't have everybody teaching them this and that. And no, they get them together early and they have them together training camps all year um in and out you know what i mean they're really following them as a country you know what i mean um starts with establishing that database yeah they have that that they they have a fed you know they have academy you know we always talk about a sports program that's what we mean and it's some kind of academy that we have coaches teaching this high level stuff from an early age yeah and that's what they have simple as that we don't have that general thing as a Bahamas, Bahamas Sports Academy. However, we're either private or government. We don't have it. 
And um, definitely that's got to be in the plans for the Bahamas somehow. Because right now what you have is guys like myself and Buddy and and, and so others, so, so many so, who are taking kids outside to get that because we don't have it here. But I think when we start, when we really decide to make that investment in our Bahamians, um, we can see a lot more great sports athletes. It's going to have to start with the people at the top. The people at the top, the ones who sign the big checks, the ones who make those decisions, it's going to have to start with them. I mean, we've been hearing the promises. Like, just by you saying Sports Academy, I can't tell you how much time they sat in front of a politician or uh, <laughs> I, I heard it in a speech or I had to write a story about a Sports Academy coming and I, the only ones I know about are the private ones that, yeah. that people go about and do on their own. Like, I... It, it's going to have to start with them. Definitely, definitely. And, and you know, we exposed, you know, you see if the guys doing it, a lot of guys that went outside understand international business, that understand that there is a given backside to this at home, but there is also, you know, hopefully one day, uh, also to call it education and all of that. But after you get out of school, there's a business side. You know, yeah. that's what you do things in life. That's what you go to school for. That's what you go to academy for, to make money. So... I want to be able to guide them um, all the way with the with the best advice, and that, it takes that. It takes that because at, at the end of the day, I said there's gonna be tough times, bro. When these kids leave, and your son leaves you at that baseball academy and goes to the DR, he gonna have to suffer for success. There's gonna be times he won't come home, and the only reason he ain't gonna come home is because daddy can say, "Boy, you remember them days when you really wanted to do this? This this the time now. You there now? <laughs> That's what it's for." You know what I mean? So all of my boys, they call and they won't come home. But then again, you know, I know that all anger make it as bad as I want all to do well. I could only lead them to the door. That's reality. I can't make shots for you. I can't. I could train you all I want. I could get the best of everything. Uh, sports is performance based. You know what I mean? It's not um, a, a, a even world. You got to go there and scratch and fight because these kids from Africa and the, the everywhere are looking for opportunity. So when you get your opportunity, I preach to my young men, you make the most of it. You go there and you fight for everything because nothing is given. And um, if they're willing to work hard and they're willing to um, accept criticism and, and, and to just you know wake up every day and give their best effort, I fight for them. I got a real hooper in studio, so we got to talk some NBA before we get out of here. Yes, sir. So yes, I want sir. I want to start with our guys first and seeing everything that's going on with DeAndre and Monty Williams and the contract situation, right? I don't I don't know if you had a chance to see any of his interviews in the first two days of training camp, but just what's your take on this whole situation? Because I know at some point in your career you had to have a coach where you and him just wasn't you wasn't getting along. You wasn't seeing eye to eye. But at the end of the day, it's a business, right? Like, what's yeah. your take on this whole situation? Uh, I mean, I, I, I've been in so many situations. I've seen it all. And on a smaller scale. But what they go through, we go through. Just without the, you know, yeah. fortune and fame. So what I see is frustration. Um, I'm not there. I haven't spoke with DeAndre about it. Um, I was happy for him when he got that, you know, his, his contract. But... The way they went about it um, was kind of like they just didn't want to lose him for cheap and, and just sign him so that they don't just lose him. Yeah. You know, and it was, uh, I'm sure that didn't, that's not sitting, uh, you know, he might not show that, but that's 
That's a weird vibe. No, he's showing that shit. <laughs> he's showing what, that. What I what I see seems more because that's that's one thing. Organizationally, you know, that's one thing. But to show, you know, to the coach, that's personal mind. And what I see is frustration. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, one thing you're gonna have to do, man, is work that out. I could tell you that because that's the NBA, and and they're gonna get somebody up out of there if they don't work that out. So DeAndre obviously making it clear that he's frustrated with the way money is doing things on on, on not, and, and I guess he's saying well money don't care because he ain't even talking to him. And that's a crazy thing, but like as a player, right? <laughs> For a coach to just not have any communication, I think that's kind of odd. Like that's For that, sure. That speaks that speaks volumes right there. Like right when he dropped that and he said, We haven't spoken since game seven, and everybody knew how you left it in game seven. Yeah, that that was that yeah. the writing on the wall. With that I'm, one. I'm the kind of guy I could look at the coach face soon as he walk in the gym, and I know how this practice is gonna be. So, <laughs> like I say, that's why I say it. Just for them to be not even talking, maybe I mean, with not even hello. Or, I mean, what, how bad is it? Like it can't be that bad. That's why I'm trying to say. If I could tell him anything, I would say you know just uh, stay professional. He, se- he seems like he's saying the professional stuff, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't mess with dog. Like yeah. That, which could be yeah. a tough, which is tough to do because it's the mind decided minutes. if you're trying to win a championship, man, yeah. and I could tell you that, that's one thing that you, you got to, all of that got to come together, egos and, and the personal beefs, and you got to really, uh, you know, to win a championship at a high level, you got to really click. So let's... What you think about, let's move on to Buddy now and his situation in Indiana. It seems like he only exists in trade rumors at this point because there's always a rumor that Buddy's going to go here, Buddy's going to go there. We didn't know if Indiana was just a pit stop uh, last year during the trade deadline, but now he's now he's there. We, we still don't know if that's going to be a permanent destination. What do you think about uh, his situation in Indy? Um... I, I honestly was hoping the Lakers pulled it off. I would love to see Buddy out there. I think he's the kind of he he's the kind of player that plays would play great with a superstar. Um, really hasn't gotten that opportunity um, in a winning situation. So, but um, you know, Buddy is a uh, you know, in my opinion, man, Buddy is still a, a top NBA guard. He's shown that um, season after season. Um, and at his best season, Buddy is one of the best uh, shooters in the league. I think at, at the time it was him and Steph. So, you know, a lot of things have to line up for that situation to be the situation to make you an all-star. You know, I, there's no question in my mind, Buddy has the shooting, Buddy has the capability to be there. It's just um, you got to have the teammates pushing for you. You got to have management pushing for you. You got to have the coach giving you the ball and and putting you in the right situations. So for Buddy, I just hope that um, he continues to to find, um, you know, the best out of the situation um, for him. You know, because for me, Buddy can, can, um, can, he's always been a productive guard, but he could still keep flirting with that low uh, all-star. And I, you know, and 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 for me, if the situation lines up, he 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 can still get in, uh, in there. I just think situation matters so much, right? Like, because people just usually look at numbers as black and white, mm-hmm. and it's it's so much more than that. For me, 
I want to see him play meaningful basketball games because when you you mired in Sacramento for a long time and mm-hmm. Indiana is clearly in a rebuild, like not they, winning. They got Malcolm Brogdon out of there. They got Sabonis out of there. Mm-hmm. They're in a rebuilding phase. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, he's the elder statesman on this team now at twenty nine. That's exactly why I said. So I that's hope, tough. <laughs> I hope it's for him. I hope the situation is for him because yeah. obviously it's not for winning. Yeah, um, it's for young kids rebuilding, and he need to make it um, like uh, the best for him. So let's move on to Kai now, and he's still trying to find his footing mm-hmm. in the NBA. Charlotte, I for some reason I don't know. They just seem to stack this four and five. They you draft a center. Mm-hmm. Again this year, mm-hmm. so now you got Plumlee at center. You still got Nick Riches there from the year before. You draft Mark Williams. I saw Steve Clifford in training camp saying if the season started today, Plumlee starting, Richards is his backup. I don't know where that leaves Kai. Yeah, I, and he's I, saying he doesn't even see him as a four. He's saying he sees him as a five, which I thought was a weird take to have. Yeah. Um, that's, that's important for Kai. What I told Kai, I I can give you the advice because what position is Kai in the NBA right now? I think he's a four. I see him as a four. four? Pick and pop. But these fours are pick and pop guys. I mean, what, what? I think, I think his game is still developing to a point where he can become that eventually because he does have the ability. To I, I question, no question. He I can tr- stretch it. He does have the right, ability to right stretch now, it. But right now, right now, what position is he? I would see him more as he's a pick and roll guy that yeah. d- can dive to the five. rim. That, this game is space right now. Small so, ball five. Exactly. But then that's, I mean, that's where the game, when you're doing that, it's only one of them on the court. Now, because he got four wide, and if he ain't, you know, if they don't want him to shoot right now, he got to fulfill that role. What I told him is, but there's two things, you, you know, you could do, and that's what you think you should do, or what the organization and the coach wants you to do. And they're going to come there with an idea and a role for Kai Jones. And it might not make you happy right now, but, but you got to go there and make the best and get with the coaches and 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 work watch film and become a master in that role because a lot of times when you're in a situation in the NBA it ain't that the player ain't good or he ain't last in the league or he just couldn't do the role that the coach wanted you know what i mean it's that simple that coach he he expect um Kai to do something and Kai need to be ready to do whatever that coach expect and that's it it don't even matter about it, shooting jumpers or, or none of that. Because if Kai don't do what that coach expect, that coach can put him in the G League. It's yeah. simple as that. So that was my advice, bro. Whatever they asking you to do, whatever the role is to get you on that court, I don't care if you don't touch the ball. You got to be the best garbage man in the NBA mentality. Bro, remember where you come from and be the best fighter uh, and, and represent and play with your heart and soul face. And once you show them that, you know, then all the skill and the talent and the rest of that can come. But you go with that grit and grind and that will to listen and to adapt and to perfect your role. Um, there's, we all saw what the young man capable of. Yeah, we know. He is a freak of nature, period. And so it's just about him um, finding his way in, his, in the NBA, his role and, and, and doing what's expected of him. And 
I said it from he was 16 years old last summer he was with us before he went to Brewster the kid is uh, is, is special and could be a superstar I saw Draymond say something like that to guys after one of those Rico Hines open runs. He kind of said the same thing to them. Like, it's only it's about two dudes on the court at any given time who got the green light to do whatever they want. That's a fuck. That's, that's about it. Anything outside of them two, you got to find whatever that role is and go be the best at that. And there's nobody better at giving that kind of speech than Draymond because dude basically built a Hall of Fame career off that. That's it. That's it, and that's 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 even me, man. My mentality. I've been the why? Why am I still playing, bro? There's, there's kids coming out of college every year. There's kids that are young doing jobs. They want my job. They want my money. I still make you know a good salary, so I'm still fighting uh, uh, kids. But what do I bring? What do I do? Uh, Kino, you know, if he come, um, he can be a great locker room guy. He can do the little things. You know, he can bring great energy. Uh, you know I can be an ultimate professional. I can be on time, early to practice, one of the first day, one of the last to leave. Um, the, the little things, you know, uh, being a professional. It's even more when you're a rookie or when you're young. You, you got to, so, so um, y- you know, you, you, you have to take care of the little things. Like, like Draymond said, the role, that's little things. You ain't got the pressure, you know, screening. A lot of people think the screen is just not in there. No, but it's meticulous how you adjust and how you read and how you roll that helps your shooter, you know, Steph, to get them shots. All the work is the screen and the pass. And there's so much that goes into it. So mastering your role is uh, is key for a young player to stick in the NBA because it, it's one thing to get to the NBA, but I can't tell you how much of them I done gone through in, in, in France and Sweden and, and Israel and They'd be right over there. Yep. So I encourage uh, them to, to to continue to make the best out of the situation. And uh, my advice is to always do what the coach wants you to do. Don't do what the agent telling you to be a superstar or your daddy telling you, your mommy telling you, or, or your, your fans. Or no, sit in there with them coaches and, and figure it out. Who do, Who's your favorite player to watch right now? <clears throat> John Morant. But I mean, I ain't it. It's a good answer. But yeah, John Morant. It's uh, pretty. I mean, he's probably probably the most exciting player. Yeah, to watch but I mean, I now. always enjoy LeBron. I always enjoy the the, the great Kyrie, KD, Steph, um, even Clay. Um, it's perfectionist. I get a chance to do some workouts when Clay comes home. I mean, I learn so much um, that I give to my young guys from from these guys working them out. I mean, Clay is a perfectionist. Um, I see how serious he takes it. Um, the guy's filthy rich, but still. I mean, he he had to be a perfectionist to, to come back from what he came back from. To, dude missed almost a thousand days with injuries. And came out, got a championship, and he's still in there like like it's day one. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's it's uh it, you know we'll see. Who do you like this year taking it? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm a big out of the compo guy too. Bucks. Uh, I'm a Laker man. I I just I'm not a big fan of this Westbrooks again. I don't, I don't like the I don't like the Ross Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like <laughs> no, but I mean I just I'm what I am. I'm diehard, so it's hard for me to go against. I already you know, but we ain't. I don't like the roster either. 
the, I don't know the, where we going. The construction just don't look like a championship team. You know, like how on media day they got the graphic with with all of the the headshots of the players, and I looked at it and I was like, I don't see the title in there. I kind of scared. I ain't lying. <laughs> I, don't I see scared. It, I scared. So. And then Westbrook's interview kind of leave me a little. Eh, you sound like you don't really want to be here either. But yeah, it, and it can get bad quick if it go bad again, bro. Yeah. You know, him and plenty Bad pressure. Bev, him and Pod Bev ain't really. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it at all. I had stopped following it last year. It was so bad. It's I couldn't tough. watch them kill him every day. You know, I know the life, and that's home. Yeah. For him, even though he getting all the money, you know, what I mean, I come with it, but still, you know, what I mean. Um. So I wish them better this year. That's all I can do right now. I I even <laughs> look at it. I just want watch the first game. Hope things get right and go from there. All right. <laughs> All right. That's Keno Burroughs, Raw Talent Sports. You can find them on every social media handle. You should know where, where to look for it. So any of their players, you can get updates on that. If you have somebody that you think would fit into the program, reach out or let the people know what, what they should do if they find if they know somebody like that. For sure, man. Um, my name, Jerron Burroughs at gmail.com. Um, you can email anytime. Uh, Jerome Burrows on Facebook and uh, or Instagram and Raw Talent Sports on IG. Um, and yeah, please, if 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 you want to get your son uh, daughter uh, scouted, um, just reach out. You know, if it's if it's anything I could do to help, um, I do it. You know, simple. Um, if not, I may have contacts or connections that might help, or I, I may have advice, uh, and I'm all about uh, uh, helping. So please reach out. Um, and before I, 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 I go, I, I wanted to say uh, just a special thanks for uh, my, my mother and father. You had asked me about the team earlier, mm-hmm. about what goes into this, um, helping these kids, man. And I, I, you know, a lot of them, when they're home in the summer, I, I do a meal program for them. Um, I house them in my Airbnbs. Um, I, uh, my, you know, and it's a lot of sacrifice on the family. Um, you know, my dad is one, my assistant coach this summer who was with me. You know, they up and down, we practice every day and we picking up boys and we dropping off boys. And it's really, it's really a grit and a grind yeah. to pull off, you know, um, to do what we doing, man. And, and it's a lot of sacrifice. So, Especially shout out to my uh, mother, Kay Bassian, and father, James Burroughs, um, for always being there. And um, also for the parents, um, trusting, for, for trusting me, um, you know, to, to train or to, who goes with me or, or whatever. And also for the, you know, just the real people, man, the real supporters out there that know um, Kino genuinely, genuinely um, just doing, um, you know, what my part, you know, um, with my platform to, 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 to genuinely try to create some opportunities. And, um, you know, I, I just want to say, and, uh, hopefully continue to, to, to see things as a, as a country, uh, grow and, um, you know, as a nation and, um, you know, Bahamas basketball, um, is my love forever. So I will always be here for the Bahamas in any way or form I can. I don't know what's next for me. I still one foot in one foot out. Um, like I say, the program doing good. I still want to play one more year, but there's no question Keno coming home when I done. So I'll always be here for for the kids and for the for the Bahamian people. 
could have sent it any better myself. And if my kid was 6'2 instead of 5'2, he would be in raw talent Respect. also. <laughs> Respect. Respect. And thank you guys for having me, man. Always, you guys, always been there throughout the whole process, bro, from day one, bro. Yes, you, uh, John, Kari, you know, um, just much love, bro. What you guys are doing, giving a platform to expose kids, man. You, you know, y- y- y'all were there for all these great things, you know. To give us a voice and to give them a voice and and to see them for their parents to to see them what they're doing abroad and and uh, just you know it's a it's a village you know to to and we all are doing our part man so salute also to you guys and I wish you all the most continued growth and success yes sir much love and respect that's raw talent sports y'all stay locked in.